Welcome to the Who Cares Podcast. This is Jonathan. And this is George. And this is episode four of the Who Cares Podcast. And if you want to listen to our other episodes, if you are listening to this from iTunes, you can also listen to our podcast at SoundCloud, um, which is soundcloud.com slash the Who Cares Podcast. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, then you can listen to this on iTunes. Just download the podcast app. And just type in the Who Cares podcast, and that's how you can uh, listen to our episodes. So this is episode four, and today me and George are going, or George and I, excuse me, mm. will be talking about not Star Wars, not Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> marriage, marriage. Yes, marriage. And for those of you who are like, oh, we want Star Wars. Well, you know what? You had three episodes, so just listen to those again, okay? And subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, George, um, so how's your day today? Doing well. That's good. <laughs> we are at George's uh, um, wonderful home, and we've recorded the first three episodes here, and so we're just chilling in the living room. I'm just sitting here. George is drinking a cup of coffee, and we're just chilling. I've been tired all day today, just dragging my feet. You're always tired. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so today we're talking about marriage, and this is probably going to be, well, see, I don't know what it's going to be, but it could be a little deep. Um, kind of want to talk about, I guess, on how we've met our wives. And so, George, if you want to start off first, or I can start first. Oh, do I have to? Okay, I'll start. <laughs> so, I met my wife at work. We both did, were janitors together. And when I first officially met her, she'll probably correct me because I'm probably wrong in everything. <laughs> um, we were in opposite ends of the campus. So she was like North Campus. And I was more like South Campus, whatever. DeMoss area. Um, we had to do training. And it's like training on vacuum cleaners, whatever. Like who doesn't know how to use a vacuum cleaner? And uh, <laughs> I came in late because I was finishing cleaning up a classroom. So I had to come in late. And there was like no seats at all, completely filled, but there was like one extra seat next to this girl. So I sat next to her, talked to her a little bit. Her name was Megan. The Meganator. The like Meganator. <laughs> the Meganator with cheese. She's a huge fan of cheese. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of talked, got to know each other a little bit, you know. Um, nothing too, too deep because you can't really talk during training. But we got to got to know each other and um, looked her on Facebook. I messaged her on Facebook and I said, uh, this may seem crazy, but do you want my phone number? So I gave her my phone number. Oh, what's that? Well, so you guys are talking for a little bit, and then you just said that out of nowhere? Uh, yeah, well, I said, like, um, I'll talk to you on Facebook or something like sometime. So I think I waited a couple of days, and I, like, private messenger, like, hey, just would you like to have my phone number? Were you really nervous? I was. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. Well, I was, Enter. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> I was Facebook stalking her before I... Um, Talked to her and I saw she had her profile picture with her brother. At the time, I thought it was actually her boyfriend, so I thought she was taken. Oh. So I was like, "Well, I might as well just try see if she'll." Then <laughs> you still tried even though she yeah. thought she had a boyfriend. <laughs> it was it was fifty fifty. I think like maybe it's her brother or her boyfriend. So I'm not sure. Okay. So I figured she'll she'll let me know now. But uh, yeah, she, so exchanged phone numbers and then we went to a cookout for our first date, and uh, yeah, it was pretty good from there. And then. We didn't really officially date, so we waited about a month to kind of courtship for a little while, and we officially started dating, and the rest is history, so we say. How, how long have you guys dated before you got married? Uh, eight or nine months. 
Oh, we were, we were engaged, and then another eight or nine months after that, we were married. So about like eighteen months between okay. dating and married. But you mean like eight or nine months meeting and then dating? Which I mean, that's I mean, I guess that could be relatively short, but that's still not too short. Like that's enough time if you're doing it right to get to know someone. Yeah. So we we did premarital counseling, premarital counseling. So, which I highly recommend for everyone. Yes, I did not do premarital counseling. Uh, that's a whole other story, but this it could be t- today's story. So I don't know why I just said that, but um, yeah. So, uh, and so you've been married for how long now? A little over a year. You got married in like was it September or October? August twenty third. August. Okay. Right now it's November eighteenth. So yeah, so about a year and like what, two three months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been married for four years. Uh, got married in June 24th of 2011, I think. Yeah, 2011, <laughs> about to say 2010. I always get confused because I know we were preparing for the wedding on in 2010, but we got married in 2011. But um, the way I met my wife was through church. Um, I remember my dad would come home and talk to my mom because he was going to new church at this time. Uh, no, none of our family was going to church really, except for my, my dad and, um, my sister, and my brother and I would like kind of go sometimes, but at this time I've never been to that church and I was probably, I was 16 at the time. And so I guess my dad would come home and tell my mom, there's like this real pretty girl there that he kept saying, like, I think he'd be, she'd be perfect for Jonathan, which is kind of weird. Just <laughs> randomly saying that. It's like an arranged marriage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so... I ended up meeting her at uh, um, at the beach. We had like we went to the beach as a family, my brother and friends stuff, and her family went too. I guess it was like for church. <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm like yawning. And um, so I met her there, and I I wasn't like attracted to her then. I was kind of just like, you know, oh there's oh there's a girl my dad wants me to kind of talk to or something. But then it was like maybe a couple weeks later, finally went to church with my dad, and it was, to be honest, it was so boring. I'm not going to name the name of the church, but it was really boring for me, and it was so long. Like, I'm telling you, the Spanish church is like, it started at, I mean, you get there like at 2, 2.30. It was like an afternoon. Okay, not, we were, not in the morning. <laughs> no, we were, no, no, we were renting an American, it's an American church, we're going to be renting it out have Spanish service at 2.30, but church service usually didn't start to like 3, and it would go on to like 5.36. Mm. Yeah. And so it's like nighttime, you're getting out, and it was so long, and I remember we were leaving, and it's, it's probably like maybe, see, maybe 5 or something, and I remember when I saw my wife, she was standing at the door, and they were, she was telling like, oh, I hope you come back for, for youth group, and and in my head, I was like, I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> I was like, I'm never coming back. I guess my weekend. <laughs> yeah, I was like, gosh, I can't suffer again. But I actually did end up going. And I did like youth group. It was, you know, more fun. You're with the youth. And, oh, uh, why do I keep yelling? Uh, but I was a tired one. I apologize, George. I apologize, listeners. I'm, for some reason, yawning so much. But, um, and her uh, uncle the, was the youth pastor there. And so I really liked it. And so we, we met through that. And then um, my dad was friends with um, her stepdad. 
and he would come like they talk about cars because you know my dad's a mechanic and her dad like her stepdad kind of worked on cars and stuff but he, i remember he one time this is like the weirdest thing um so he's been her stepdad since she was like maybe like 11 12 i believe like kind of been in their life so he kind of like raised her you know as she, while she was a little older was she like was he like an official stepdad or kind of just there um I'm I'm not sure. I believe when he, when when her when her her stepdad and her mom got married, I believe she was because I, I remember seeing like the picture they have of her in the wedding. She's probably like twelve. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I used the picture of when she was like maybe eleven, ten. But um, anyway, so like you know, it was kind of like he was in her life, you know, for a long time. It wasn't just like he's just coming in the picture and she's like sixteen. But um, so I I he was at the house and. Her, um, Christina, oh, let me rewind back. The first time that I seen her, like, outside of church, because when I saw her at that church, I hadn't seen her for a very long time. I didn't really go back. And I was talking to my friend named Jesus, but I call him Jesus. He's Mexican, and I just, like, call him Jesus because everyone else called him Jesus. But I was talking to him on the phone, and I was going to go to the kitchen and get something. And so when I walked out of the house, I mean, out of my bedroom, and, like, when you walk out of my bedroom... Um, like right when you open the door, right across the hall, it's my brother's door. And then if you keep going, the bathroom's on the left, and my sister's on the right. So I'm walking, and I see her sitting on the couch. And I see her mom, and her sitting down. And I was like, thinking, who's that? And I remember, oh, it's that girl from church. And so I got kind of really nervous, because it was like, when you're walking through the hallway, you can see like the kitchen, and on the left, and then on the right, you can kind of see like half the living room. So they're sitting on the couch that's on the wall where you can see her. And so my mom was on the other couch, but I couldn't see my mom from there. So I saw them, and so I was kind of nervous, so I ran into the bathroom. <laughs> so instead of continuing to walk to the kitchen, I kind of just cut to the left and went to the bathroom. And I was like, oh, man, this is really uh, uh, pretty girl sitting on my couch. And he's like, why don't you go talk to her? I said, no, man, I'm scared. And so I was like, I was in the bathroom, but I didn't need to go to the bathroom. So I just pretended like... You know, I got, I was in there for like a minute, so I flushed the toilet, you know, <laughs> pretend like I was in the bathroom, and then like, I turned the faucet on to act like I was washing my hands, so I was just like, shh, and closed it, and then I went back into the bedroom, and then my mom was like, Jonathan, come here, or something, <laughs> I don't know, she, I don't know what she said, so I came over there, she told me to say hi, and um, with like the Spanish culture, when you say hi, like, for the most part, you give a kiss on the cheek, even if you don't know them. Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, but like for me, I mean, it's like, it's different. Like some people are like, like, I mean, it's a woman, not men. Like, mm. it's like, hey, how you doing? I'm in the job today. Not like that. <laughs> More of a but, French thing. Yeah. But if it's like a, a woman, like you're saying hi, it's like, normally it's a kiss on the cheek, but like, I, I didn't feel comfortable doing that. And so I, I was confused. I was like, what do I do? Like. So I was just like, I just stuck my hand out. I was like, hey, hi, I'm Jonathan. Shaking, shaking hands. <laughs> yeah. And because my mom told me, made me like go out there and say like hi to them. So I said hi. And I think I just ran back into the bedroom. So that was like the first time I kind of met her. And then like, and then we kind of like met a few times, you know, at church. And I mean, I didn't really talk to her. But it wasn't until this one day where um, I think we were going to go to the movies. It was my mom, my dad, my brother, me. And Christina and her friend Blackie, um, oops, and um, Blackie, yeah, that's, <laughs> she's. I mean, her real name is Chanel, but she's we call her Blackie because she's dark. Um, 
I couldn't say that, but you could. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, she's half. I think she's half Puerto Rican, half Dominican. But um, so I remember this is the weirdest thing. I'm taking so long to get there. But we, I remember walking outside, and her stepdad actually pulled me outside. And this is we were gonna go. We were actually gonna see Rush Hour three. So whatever. I think that was 2007 when that came out. Okay. And um, like he didn't really know me. You know, I just met him a few times. The only thing he knew about me was from my dad, and they knew each other from church. And he pulled me outside, and he told me, he's like, this is exactly what he said. I want you to start talking to my daughter. And in my head, I'm like, what the heck? Like, when does a dad pull you outside and start saying this? Yeah. He's like, and you know, he has like an accent and stuff. He's like, you know, I want you to, uh, uh, you know, go on MySpace and maybe, you know, you guys talk there or exchange numbers. But I want you to start talking to my daughter. <laughs> Whatever you kids do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is when MySpace was popular, though. This oh, okay. Is, yeah, I mean, it's 2007. Oh, okay. So MySpace is like bumping. Everyone's like, MySpace! You know, you have your profile list with your four songs that come on when people visit your page. Oh, gosh. I never had a MySpace. Uh, it's, it was cool at first, and then it just, like, got freaking oversaturated. But So he kind of went up to me, and he's, like, he's the one who kind of... Like, you know, he's the one who basically kind of brought the situation together by kind of pulling me up outside and talk and telling me that. I don't even know if he remembers that. I would like to bring that up to him. So it's kind of weird, you know what I mean? Like, that's not something that dad does. And, you know, he says my daughter, you know, stepdaughter, but, you know, basically his daughter. But, so, after that, we started dating. And then, um, I mean, we probably, I think we hung out for, like, maybe, like, three months. Two to three months, then we started dating. And then... You know, a whole bunch of stuff happened, you know, dating for like a year, it sucked. And then, um, not sucked, but it was like getting really bad because like a whole bunch of issues. And then it was like a year and a half and then we broke up for like three months and stuff happened. I became more of a man, all this stuff. And then like we ended up getting uh, back together and then stayed dated for like I think two more years and then got married. And then, so like, You were dating for a long time. Yeah, we dated for four years. Man, <laughs> about eighteen months for me. <laughs> eighteen, nineteen months. Yeah, it was four years. I mean, I, yeah, it's I did it for a long time. But so sorry, guys, for kind of like going through, you know, diving so far back in time and kind of beating around the bush. But um, yeah, so been married four years, and that's kind of how we met. The the cool part was like, I remember, um, we were sitting. I remember me and my brother and our friend Oscar. He was basically like a brother to me, and um, he's he's older than my brother. I think he's in his, I think he's almost forty now. But we were in the car. This is like maybe I want to say a few days, maybe three to five days before we saw Christina. Before I saw, yeah, my wife sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. But we were sitting in the car. And we were all talking about like our future wives, and I remember my brother like describing how he wanted his wife to look, and then Oscar described how his wife to look, and then I was just kind of like, this is exactly what my answer was. I was like, I just want a wife that loves me. I'm like, oh, shut oh, up, man. <laughs> like, man. Come on, man. Do you, want her, do you want her to have a big booty or you know, <laughs> black hair? Do you want her to be black or Spanish? And, and I was like, I just want a good wife that loves me. <laughs> I mean, but I was honest. And so we started, so we all like that day, we're sitting in the car. We got hands and, um, got hands, all held hands and just started praying and just like praying for our future wives. And, um, and so, and then what's crazy though, after we stopped praying, we turned the radio on and the song that was playing, as soon as we turned the radio on, it was a song between a man, I can't remember who sings it, between a man and a woman who are singing to each other and they're saying, 
God must have been thinking of me when he created you. And so we were just like, oh my God, we were just praying for a wedding. Started going crazy. <laughs> and then like a few days later, I met Christina. And I have to tell you, like, when we were dating, like, the first, I don't know, man. It was like right when I, we started dating, I just knew, like, for a fact. That she's gonna be my wife, and even when we broke up for those first for three months, I still knew. And I I have journals all, all over the home that I was writing because I used to journal a lot back then of praying for her and saying, God, I know she's supposed to be my wife, and I'm, I'm praying for her. Even when we were broken up, and even in the beginning for the first year, second year, third, and so it was like I don't know, it's really like a divinely thing that God did. But it's crazy. Um, my wife Megan, she actually prayed to her future husband, which is me, um, that we would meet one day. And even with when she was with her ex boyfriend at the time, she knew that she wasn't going to marry him, even though oh, she really? was, even though she was still with him, and she was still kind of praying that one day she'd meet her husband. And she even kept a journal, and actually wrote in her journal, like, "Dear future husband, I just want to let you know that I'm feeling sad today, and I'm thinking about you," even though she didn't know who I was. That's pretty cool. And she actually has an entire notebook. And then when me and her finally met and started dating, she started writing like, "George, I know you're my husband, and I'm writing to you now." And it was, it was just really cool how she kept this journal. And then eventually I told her one day, it's kind of embarrassing, like, it's kind of like by chance, like, yeah, I told her, like, I really can't read cursive very well because people have, like, the distinct cursive handwriting. It's very sloppy or it's very good and I just, I can't read it. So ever since I said, ever since I said that to her, she started writing in print in her journal. And then finally on our wedding, on our honeymoon, she gave me a present and the honeymoon was the journal she kept. Journal. So you have never seen it before then? No, not, I didn't even know about it. So, oh, that's pretty cool. So on her honeymoon, she actually gave me the journal that I've been writing to for the past like two years. Oh, wow. So that was pretty cool. So we, I even I, got it in the back room. We need like that button that, aww. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all the women are melting their hearts out. She says she um, a movie did that sometimes. She says she claims that she got the idea even before she saw the movie. So if there's a movie that it kind of sounds like it, she says the movie ripped off of her. The Notebook did that? I'm not sure. That, I've never seen the book. I don't know. I haven't really seen it either, but I know it's like a big movie about love and something. That's actually pretty cool. What, like, how'd you feel when she gave that to you? Like, what was going through your head? She was afraid that I would not care, like, just stupid, but, like, I, I was blown away. That was just so cool. Like, here I was, like, you know, the single guy going through a hard time with my singleness and just, you know, I don't know, like, just going through a hard time because I was smoking cigarettes at the time. I wasn't eating. I was like, I dropped down to like 135 pounds. I was like the skinny kid, like 140, whatever. And like I was just really depressed and just laying around the house all day. And then I can actually go in that notebook and flip back. Like I know where I was at this time. Oh, so she put like the dates and the time? Yeah, she put dates and everything. That's really cool. So it was really cool. And one of the dates she put was actually on my birthday. Like I think it was like my 21st birthday. Of course, this is before we even knew each other. But it was pretty cool. I can look back at my 21st birthday. And like, wow, she's writing about That's me. That's really cool, man. So... Like, um, was she writing it every day? or Not every day. I think she would write it, like, weekly, and then she might go a few months without writing in it. It's very sporadic. Yeah. Which but. is normal when you're journaling. Sometimes you're... Like me, I would, there's some times where I'd do it three times a day, or every day, and then sometimes I'd do, like... It would be, like, four months I hadn't wrote, or a year and stuff, and... That's really cool, like, that she did that, and... Especially, like, knowing... The stuff you're going through, and she's writing that. Like, I don't know, that's really cool. Yeah, it didn't really, you know, it wasn't like, you know, spot on or anything, but she's like, she wrote like September 16th, uh, which is my birthday, um, like 2011. Like, dear husband, like, I am so, 
like sad and lost right now. I just need you to hold me or something like that. Just something like that. That's cool because it's not just like journaling, but it's like she's writing it to you, but she doesn't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you're like reading it, and they're like, "That's really awesome." And it's so cool. And I go back like, "Wow, I even know who you were." And like, "Oh, it's, it's nice." <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, this is good. <laughs> Talking about marriage. I mean, I, I I was telling George like I really wanted to like not only do you know, episode, uh, our podcast on like movies or film or comedy, you know, or anything. But I really wanted to talk about like real stuff. And I thought it would be an awesome idea to kind of like spread that apart. So two episodes are just, you know, really lighthearted, laid back things about, you know, what any entertainment or whatever you want to talk about. And then I wanted to do like two episodes after that, that are more serious and kind of more, um, impactful and and deeper things of life and so i kind of feel like it's kind of awesome balance between like listening to something joyful and you know just lighthearted, don't take seriously and then two episodes later you listen to something very deep and kind of a good balance so that's why i really wanted to talk about marriage but um that being said what um what else could we talk about with 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 that i guess what what is the what is the the um, I guess the best thing that you've learned through marriage so far, and what I guess not the worst thing you've learned, but <laughs> what's kind of I guess like what's the worst mistake that you kind of done or not mistake something intentionally, and what's like the best thing you've learned on it? Am I making sense? I feel like I asked that yeah. question horribly. <laughs> I'll try to answer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what you're saying. Um, well, before I met Megan, I knew I wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I felt like I wasn't going to get married. I don't know if I was just depressed. Like, I'm never going to get married. But it was something I really desired. And, you know, being married is like God's married to the church. And the wife represents the church and the husband represents God. And I just wanted that for some reason. Like, I wanted to reenact that in a marriage mm-hmm. God in the church and for some reason I just did a lot of research and just reading a lot of books about marriage even though I was kind of convinced I wasn't going to get married I don't know why I was convinced I wasn't but I just it was something that I really desired like I really wanted to be a husband and to be a good husband and um, I met Megan and I just kind of knew that you know the next girl I date I really want to be serious and I don't want to be desperate. I don't want to just find just any girl and be with her. I really want, you know, this, I really want a girl that matters. Like, I'm dating her for the intent of marriage. And um, the summer before I even met Megan, I kind of dated a couple girls here and there. It wasn't like we were officially dating. It was just kind of like take out to dinner, had a few conversations. And to be honest, like, all the women I talked to, I just did not like, like, which I, I kind of appreciate about myself because I know I wasn't desperate. I didn't want just to check with any woman. I wanted to... It was kind of like an interviewing process, and I just wasn't hiring any of these women. <laughs> so, but uh, sorry, baby, you can't work for me. <laughs> yeah, basically. But um, yeah, I met Megan, and she just one hundred percent. We had the exact same ideas and the exact same disciplines and the exact same just thought processes. Like her values were the exact same as my values, and I was just I was amazed. I didn't think anyone thought like I did. So when I met her, I was like, I can't believe she basically has the exact same thought process as I do. What what are some of the things that you, that popped out of like the same thought process? Um, 
that you guys have. One thing um, that I really disagree with that a lot of people do, married couples, um, usually the male will have female friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why this bothers me, but I'll see married men that they'll have female friends, which, you know, is okay. And I don't have nothing against female friends, but they'll be alone with them, go to lunch break with them, you know, joke around with them, text them outside of work. It's like, why are you texting other women that aren't your wife? Or why are you going to lunch break alone with another woman that isn't your wife? Yeah. It's like, well, we're just friends, you know. Like, I understand that, but it's like... I mean, people can disagree with you, and I, I agree with you. Like, I can... And I, I see where people could disagree. Like, it's okay, man. A friend's a friend. Not... But to me, it's... I always... It's, that's a temptation. Yeah, and it also looks back. Because when someone doesn't know you, it's like, oh, is this your wife? Like, no, we're just friends. Like, oh, but you look like a husband and wife. You look, yeah. you, you look like you're together. And... I was reading a book, I forget, I think it's called Saving Marriage Before It Starts, and uh, basically it describes relationships as a bank account. So if you're spending time away from your wife with somebody else, you're putting emotional deposits into this other person. That's true. And your wife isn't getting any attention, so then you're putting deposits into this person who isn't you aren't married to. It's like, it's very confusing, temptation can kick in, it's just, it's just a mess, and you know, usually the female friends that I have are married to other other men, and you know I don't hang out with them exclusively. Usually it's a group setting. I'll hang out with them and talk to them, but usually I'll go off with the men and be alone with the men to have men time. And the women will go off to have woman time. And at the end, we'll come together, and I'm always alone with my wife. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Um, cause, like, I I think I was reading a book, and maybe I was wrong, but there's a um, I don't know if I got it from a book. I think I did. But it was, it was saying the number one, like the number one reason someone cheats on someone, like especially a husband and a wife, it's never like intentional. They they never, and and that's true with anything. They never just be like, you know what, I'm gonna cheat on my wife today. You know, they wake up and they're like, I think it's the day to cheat. Yeah, it's always it just slowly they slowly fall in. It's like you know sliding down a hill. They slowly fall into it. And what usually happens is, um, a for example, a woman goes you know to work and her husband's not there or they haven't been able to talk because maybe he's too busy or um he's making himself busy for no reason and they haven't she you know like you said that emotional bank they haven't been investing into each other and so she's at work and she's sad and she's going through these things her husband's not listening to her yeah and so there's this guy at work who t- just talks to her his intentions are not i want to have sex with her even you know or or allow her to cheat on me it's with like me. innocent intentions yeah and so he's talking to her and she's telling her oh i'm going through this and this and this and that and then he's listening to her and then he's giving her advice and or he says you know what don't feel that you're a beautiful woman and you know you'll do good i know your husband loves you and she starts to feel emotionally attached because this person is listening to her and basically this this guy is taking on the husband's role, taking his job because she, because he's not there for her. And so what happens is they start to form like an emotional relationship. And yeah, the lines get blurred. Yeah, and... she starts to have feelings for him. And then that's when temptation, and then they go out, they, they don't think it's a big deal. And then that's when temptation happens and they have sex or whatever. And that's when the cheating happens and it, and, and it gradually happens. And I say that too because um, that almost happened with my wife and I. I mean, not to that level of, but um, my wife was one day talking to me and she was like, this was maybe our, in our second year of marriage. And she was like, I, I want to be honest with you. Um, I was talking to this guy at work and we, like, 
um, he was listening to me and I was talking to him about, I think it was like just issues with life, just regular issues, and that he was listening to her and giving her advice and just listening. And she says, I, I felt like, I, she wrote me this in a letter because mm-hmm. um, she feels like she can, can communicate better that way sometimes. And she's like, I, I felt like I was starting to have feelings for this guy and I know that's wrong, so I stopped it. And um, and so that that right there, when she told me that, it was kind of waking me up. Like, I'm not doing my job, or not even my job. Like, I'm not playing my role as a husband by, you know, like, she's telling me this. And basically, it's like a warning. Like, not like, you better listen to me or I'm going to cheat on you. But, yeah. <laughs> but kind of like, you know, I need you to be there for me and talk with me. And so, you know, so I kind of tested that. And I know I cut you off because you were kind of going somewhere <laughs> with that. But going back to you on um, you saying that you were saying. Um, well, that's basically yeah. the idea that she shared with me. Because, like, a lot of people, like, they don't see anything wrong. They're like, oh, we're just friends. You know, they're just, it's innocent. And I think the intent is innocent. But it can easily turn for the worse. And yeah. just things could just get out of control, like you just said. Um, so like I was just I was amazed that she even thought that because I talked to a lot of people I, mean, I was even talking to women I was like you know I, I don't really have female friends I don't really want female friends and they just thought it was so strange like well how can you think that way that's very you know old school kind of barbaric like if I want guy friends I should be I should be allowed to go out and hang out with my guy friends if I want but I don't know there's just there's a temptation of cheating there's I don't know it's like and you're not guaranteed anything it's like how do you know she's not cheating on you when she's alone with these guys or a guy yeah. so it's like why not just eliminate all doubt completely and just don't be alone with the opposite sex when you're married when you're exclusive to someone yeah exactly so i was really amazed that she felt that way because i had ex-girlfriends in the past i would just hang out with other guys and you know being in high school you know i've been cheated on before so which, you know, looking back, they're just trash. I mean, I'm not really worried about it now. But, you know, back in high yeah. school, that was pretty devastating. Because, you know, she, I'd be told, like, oh, he's just a friend of mine. We're going to hang out. And then they would, you know, go out and, you know, do adult things. That's so bad. It's like, I don't want to hang out with you. I'm going to be hanging out with my friend who's also a guy. It's yeah. like, why not hang out with me? And it's like, you can get <laughs> jealous. And it's like, well, why are you getting jealous? You know, I should be able to be freedom with my friends. We were friends before we met, but it's like, I don't think like, you don't trust me. It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> that guilt trip. I don't trust him so, either. I really hate that because like a lot of people, you know, aren't comfortable with, you know, they're simply hanging with someone with the opposite sex. And it's like when they try to call them out, it's like, hey, I don't really feel comfortable with this. It's like they get, a, they get shamed. It's like, well, why? Why do you feel that way? Why don't you trust me? It's like, you know, don't attack me. Just, I don't like this. Yeah. So. Yeah, I completely, uh, agree with you because like my wife was before we were dating she was kind of like that for a little bit of like i can hang out with my friends but that's my friend you know and it's like like i don't care it's like i, I i'm a guy i know another guy is not i just want to be friends with this girl for the rest of my life i want nothing else besides that yeah you can't trust guys <laughs> as a guy i i have a winky too so <laughs> i know what i know what he wants to do yeah but um but anyways um so that was kind of like something, well, I mean, not that you didn't really answer the question, but you didn't really answer the question. I like, forgot what the question uh, was. <laughs> I, I, I did a horrible way of asking you. I was basically trying to say, what is something you've, because that was something that you, um, you said kind of like, I guess really liked that you had in common. Yeah. But I guess you were going on, what, what is something that you've um, learned 
you know, they you had no idea before since you've been married. Um, part of the question. What I did learn was we did premarital counseling, and the pastor did tell us to have no expectations. And I feel like a lot of young, especially Christian men, have this mentality that I'm going to get married and have lots of sex, <laughs> which couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> yeah, baby. So, I mean, you know. Just it's the way men and women are programmed differently. I'm more wired to want it more, where Megan just isn't. Yeah. So, and I can't really force that on her. And when she says no, I, I can't force it on her. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's cool. Like, how long did you do um, premarital counseling? Uh six weeks. I think we did like once a week for six six weeks straight. And he had his homework, so we did a little homework. That's good. Do you, how how big of a help do you think that was? To be honest. Um, well, I will tell you this. I was previously engaged to somebody else. I don't know if I mentioned this or not. Um, but I did seek marriage counseling in that relationship, which, um, to be honest, through that marriage counseling, it was a lot more detailed, a lot more in-depth, a lot more helpful. But me being 20, 21 years old at the time, I was a lot more arrogant, and I just ignored all the advice. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought, like, you know, like, I don't would pertain to this. This doesn't really apply to me. I'm different, and of course that you know engagement never panned out. Anything I ended up breaking breaking it off. But when well, I was, let's go before you. I'm sorry to cut you off. I keep cutting you off. What what happened with that engagement? If you don't mind sharing, like what what caused you to break it off? Well, <laughs> it was a very bad relationship. Um, I was living in Virginia Beach at the time. This was back in 2008 slash 9, about 2009. And I get a random phone call on my cell phone, and it's an ex-girlfriend of mine. She's like, hey, I had a bunch of phone numbers written on paper. I'm just going to call because I want to know who this is. Like, oh, it's me, George. She's like, oh, cool. So we started talking. And at this point, I was really depressed in Virginia Beach. I had no friends, not really a job. I was failing school. So I decided to move back to Lynchburg. And... We kind of met up in Lynchburg. We knew each other. We were kind of like friends a little bit in middle school and high school. We dated in high school. So we started talking, and we just started dating. And I was just, for some reason, I was just compelled to live with her. So, like, I just started spending the night at her apartment, like, all the time. And, like, of course, we were doing adult things, you know, and we weren't really married. And then one day... <laughs> like I said, we're doing adult things. <laughs> like we're talking about little yeah. kids. We're yeah. doing adult things, guys. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, we were having sex, and, and we weren't married. And, I know. And um, I was living with her. We were pretty much like a couple, like a married couple. And um, I decided to propose to her, and she accepted. So, and, you, oh, so you were already living to, with each other before you, you proposed to her? Um, off and on, but when after I proposed, it was a lot more frequent that I was staying the night. So you weren't working at all at the same? No, I was working. I was doing security guard. Okay. I was doing security guard and Hardee's. And um, so I was working two jobs at the time, and I was living over there. And um, so they, she wanted to do marriage counseling, premarital counseling. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And so we did premarital counseling, and he was like, you, know, you can't be living together. You can't be doing this. I'm like, well, we're just going to get married anyway. I mean, why not just... Go ahead and do this now. So did you tell him when you said that? Or you kind of just like, okay. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I don't know, like, I didn't really, I feel like it just didn't apply to me. I was like, okay, you know, I, was, I just want to get through this counseling session, so, you know, whatever. But it was like, we would, we did counseling for about six months. It was a long counseling session. 
and it just did not sink in at all and like I just didn't care and I realized me and my ex-fiance we would fight a lot like we'd be yelling at each other screaming at each other throwing stuff at each other be punching walls be punching doors I put a, like I put a hole in the bathroom door I punched it so hard Gosh. I, was, I was upset what well, um not to cut you off but I'm gonna pause real quick um oh by the way <laughs> no one probably knows but I'm pretty sure um you kind of can tell we're both Christians um we're not uh I guess holding pickets saying you know God hates gay people and stuff um we're authentic Christians and we're not really religious. And basically, you, okay, just listen to our podcast and you'll kind of get to know who we are. But yes, we are Christians. <laughs> but anyways, that being said, what, um, where was like your relationship with Christ in that? Like where, where were you at in life with God at, in that time um, while going through punching walls and bathrooms? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like um, Christ was like a star in the sky, like kind of like a little twinkle in the distance, something you would, you're aware of, but you don't like think about very often. Okay. That's a great way to put it. Uh, thank you. You. Need to, you need to put that in a poem. Well, it was, uh, I got it from John Piper. Gosh, George. Why did you say that? Okay, we're going to stop that. I'm going to erase that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so anyways, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to take credit. I'm trying to, if I close thing, I want to credit people. But anyways. John Piper doesn't listen to it. I'm just kidding. He does. He t- contacts me every day. All right, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> it was a paraphrase. Anyways, um, so my mom contacted me one day. She was like, hey, George, I just want to let you know that um, I went ahead and filled out an application for you for this custodian job at this university. So what, 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 what year is this? Like how long ago is this? This is probably, I was like 20, 21. So it was like two, 2000 and... 10 or 11-ish. Okay, so about five years ago. And uh, she's like, hey, someone let you know that I put in a um, job application for you. Um, so I was like, I was like, I thought it was so strange because I haven't talked to my mom in so long. She applied for you? She did. I was like, wow. it was just so weird. <laughs> like, I, I, didn't, I didn't ask for a job. I just, you know, because I was a security guard at the time, so I wasn't really looking for employment anywhere else. So like, okay, so I called Liberty up and I, called for, or I got called for an interview. <laughs> that's so, like, that's a blessing, like, Hey, I put I put an application for you, uh, and then you get a call for an interview. You didn't even do anything. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I first got the job, and so I put me two weeks notice in on my oh. security job, and then oh, we just said where we work for. I'm but. sorry. Uh, who cares? We work for Liberty University. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so I um got the job, and I was talking like I was working second shift at the time, and I met some just really amazing people, and I was kind of talking about my struggle with my me and my ex- or me and my fiance at the time. And um, kind of basically going on, like, yeah, we, we argue all the time, we do this all the time, and basically it was saying, like, you need to get out of that, like, she doesn't respect you, you don't respect her. Is your mom's telling you? No, that's what co-workers at Liberty were telling oh. me. So you guys just aren't respecting each other, like, she undermines your authority as, like, you know, as the male figure, you guys just aren't living right at all. And, like, at that point I started praying, I was like, you know, this, this isn't working out at all, and so I... It was like the hardest decision because like being engaged for so long, being engaged for over a year, you kind of feel like you owe the person that marriage. Like you have to marry them at that point. It's hard to break off something for that long. Yeah. So I went to her and I, we kind of broke up before, like for like a day. I mean, like the next day we got back together. But I kind of went up to her and like, I'm serious this time. Like I'm breaking off this engagement. And she did not take it well. 
Like, she was crying, yelling. Was that the first time you've ever said something like that to her? Yeah. And, like, I, I was serious. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, we just, like, I just need to break this off. Like, we're just, we're not doing anything. She's like, well, we don't fight any more than any other couple does. Which, looking back at that, we fought, like, every day. <laughs> how how long, like, from from talking with your friends about this, like, how, how long of How long the was the conversation? About. No, I'm saying, like, how long was the process of you, like, finally thinking I need to do this and then finally doing it? It wasn't long. It was about maybe a month at the most. Uh, because the reason why I say this is because when I was still engaged, it was like I would go like a week with like, man, I don't know if I love her. To like next like, okay, you know, we're we're good. Well, you know, we'll get through this. To it'd be like a month straight where like I was like, I don't want to marry this at all. Marry this woman. <laughs> marry this. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. <laughs> marry this woman. I don't. I don't want to sound evil. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, and of course I can't put all the blame on her. I mean, when you're talking about a relationship fails like this, oh, it's, yeah. it's usually the male and the female. Definitely. So I I can't you know sit on a high horse, but I was basically I like I had to call it off and like I'm sorry like this this just isn't we can't do this and so she got mad at me yelled at me screamed at me was crying I felt so guilty but I knew it was the right thing to do so and I stayed single for kind of a while kind of dated here and there I met a a girl at work I dated her for about a month she broke up with me twice oh really <laughs> and I was I took that really hard and then. You know, I kind of was single for a while, and then I met my wife, <laughs> current wife. And oh wow, I forgot what question I asked you. Yeah, I don't even think. What things I learned? <laughs> yeah. I keep asking a question, and then I ask you another question in the question. Yeah. Um. So, so I don't interrupt you again. What is the biggest thing you've learned in marriage so far? Not having any expectations. Okay, yeah, that's where you're going. Um, I think there's something else. Um. It isn't a happy ending, <laughs> you know. It isn't. It's not. It's not like you're gonna get married and then, you know, after that life is peaches. Um, I definitely want a better job. I mean, me and my wife we were on opposite schedules all the time now, so I barely even see my wife. I see her on the weekends pretty much only, and then you know she comes home from work at midnight, and you know we sleep together in bed, and then the next morning we're I'm gone again. So, you know, Monday through Friday I don't even get to see her hardly. Yeah, so. That's difficult. That is frustrating. That's something I wasn't really expecting, not being able to see my wife. And we've been married for over a year, and I feel like we just don't see each other. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, that's something that um, you guys really need to change, whether that's you sacrificing your job and, and working a different shift or she sacrificing it. Because, like, me and Christina, which is my wife, um, I think I told you before, it was kind of like a similar situation where when I was working at Winn-Dixie in Florida, and we were living in Orlando, and she was working nine to, about nine to five. Um, yeah, yeah, she, no, she, eight to, I think it was like eight to five or something. So she'd leave the house like at seven. And I had got, like, when I got the job at Winn-Dixie, um, I was working about 35 hours a week. But I was, and this is around the time when she wrote me that letter about like, you know, I've been talking to this guy at work, um, but she would go to work at like, or yeah, she would go to work at nine. And so I would sometimes be up when she was up, but you know, she would leave, she'd be up by seven, leave by eight. And so she'd go work at nine and then I would go in the morning Then I would go to work at around between one to 3 PM. And so I'd leave before she got home and I would get, and my job was about 30, 25, 30 minutes away. And I would work till like 9, 30, 10, get home close to 11. So when I got home, she was sleeping. Mm. And 
then when she and so you know I would go to bed maybe like at one sometimes because you know I didn't really get to do anything all day and so when she left for work like by the time I wake up she's already gone so there'd be like you know we had different cars and stuff so there'd be I remember there's like three days where I didn't even see her yeah like you know except for like her you know being like I wake up and she's getting dressed and I close my eyes again and then she's gone yeah <laughs> and so it was really bad and like it sucked because I was like man I, I, I don't, I'm not even seeing my wife this is bad and it wasn't until I got a job working overnight and which you would think that would be even worse but it was actually much better because I would get home at six about six o'clock in the morning and for a while I was bringing like McDonald's breakfast so she'd get up like at six mm-hmm. um, six or seven so when I got home I'd just like tap on her and I'd, I'd have like, you know, a, a English Mc, a McMuffin and like, uh, was it? Um, hash brown. Hash brown. <laughs> I was about to say fish sticks. <laughs> hash brown. And yeah, I don't know I was going to say that. And then she'd like wake up and then like she would like try to open her eyes because she couldn't see. And then she'd start like smiling, like so excited. <laughs> and um, so that was like a little thing. Like, you know, I didn't do it every day, but a lot of times I'd bring it home and, and then, um, you know, I, I would be up to like eight or nine. So usually, by I, she was already gone for work when I was still awake, and so I'd go to sleep, wake up like at three. She'd get home around four or five o'clock, and we would eat dinner and talk till I leave the house till like eight thirty. So it's like I had about two hours in the morning where I spent time with her, and then when she got home from work, about four or five hours. So I'd eat dinner with her. So when I'm leaving for work, she's about to go to sleep. And so she, she kind of felt scared for a little bit because I wasn't home in the night, but that's when she had Malachi, which my which is my dog, and um, you know she like had my Malachi cuddle up with her in the bed and stuff. But that I mean, even though it was overnight, like we got to spend more time together because you know I got to see her. And so what I'm saying with you, like that's something that I mean, I would definitely you guys kind of sit down and talk about it because that's like you said, your first year of marriage and you don't. Yeah. See, that sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but I would definitely try to see what, you know, what you could do to make that yeah, work. Yeah, I might need to change shifts again. Yeah, or have her change shifts. Oh, we've been trying for her for like over a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's frustrating because when she got the new job as switchboard operator, um, they basically told her like, yeah, we have a second shift position open, but we can really try to get you in the first shift. And so she took the job knowing that, okay, I'll be in second, but we've been working toward getting it first. It's been over a year now, and she's still on second shift. So she feels very upset about that. Yeah. It sucks. So she almost got first shift because an employee of her, or a co-worker of hers was, I think she's like in her late 80s, and she got really sick. So she was out for a while, and then they were telling them to Megan, it's like, well, we'll probably give you her position if she can't make it back. But she did make it back. She's healthy now, which is <laughs> kind of bad. Kind of like... guys, that's also funny because you're like, dang it, old lady, stay sick. <laughs> and that's just, that is very, uh, very bad. But... When she came back to work, were you guys like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, a little. <laughs> so she working in the morning for a little bit, though? Yeah, for a little bit. Okay. Every once in a while she will because um, it, it being the holidays right now, uh, a lot of people are taking off, so she gets to work their shifts now. But... So what time would she get off? Right now? If she no, if she was working morning shift. Well, uh, three thirty. So you guys get going to work at the same time, leave. Mm-hmm. That's great. Like me and Christina. I mean, she's part time, and then she's going to school, and then she has her internship. 
So, I mean, we do get to hang out on the weekends. I do see her during the week, but it's only for a couple hours. But it isn't like 12 o'clock in the morning like you. you know? Yeah, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. Well, midnight. Midnight. Morning, same thing, right? I mean, I guess it is morning, but it's... We say it's 12 o'clock. It means the noon. But, it, yeah, she gets up at midnight. Well, 12 in the morning is... It becomes morning when you hit 12. I know. <laughs> Whatever. So, you basically said you learned was um, expectations. Mm-hmm. That's something that, uh, see, it's funny because I had to learn, everything I learned was while we were married. Like, you know, like I had the mindset, and I've told people before, like, I had this mindset of, if I just love her, like Jesus loved the church, you know, it's going to be great, you know, and, and. I think my crash course was my ex-fiance. Yeah. So I was like, just don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I did everything wrong, so I just don't repeat that, and maybe I'll be good. But yeah, I. It was really, uh, it was very, very difficult, man. Our first year, um, I mean, it, it was, we had a lot of help in the beginning with my parents and her parents. Like, I remember my mom, when we got married, um, I think it was like the week of our marriage when we came back from the honeymoon, like she went to grocery shop, you know, they stayed over and kind of like helped us settle in and move stuff in. But, um, she took us to like Sam's Club and like, and then I think it was Sam's Club and Walmart. She spent over like five hundred dollars on Good groceries. Day. Yeah, <laughs> but like she like one of the things you know the Sam's Club has like the big pack of like drumsticks and chicken breasts. Like they bought so many packs of that, and then her and my uh, mother in law seasoned the chicken and everything, and then put them in the freezer. So we like our we couldn't even close our freezer. It's so <laughs> much chicken, and it lasted like six months of all the food we had. You know, we had like bags, like two gigantic bags of rice and beans and. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like they really helped us out a lot. So, but I mean, I, I I didn't you know I didn't really have a job, and it was just it was it was so so difficult for um for the first year, and um like after like that six it's probably like that five or six month mark is when everything started to like crash because mm. it was like why are you like this you know Christina telling me this and and I'm like, why are you getting mad and why are you a bum? And it was just like, it just started going downhill. Like, Oh God, we're burning. We're crashing. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, before me and George continue, um, I was thinking this would be a perfect time to take a break. So we'll be right back. I was talking to, um, of course, I was talking to George, but he was showing me um, the book that he mentioned earlier about his uh, how his wife was journaling before they even met, um, you know, basically to her husband, basically journaling to George, and you know, George kind of went through that already. But what I thought was really cool, and because you said earlier that there was a, she think even one that she wrote one of them was even on your birthday, right? Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, oh no, he was showing me the book. The first 
journal she ever wrote, you know, just basically writing to her husband was on his birthday. And so I just thought that was awesome. Like, it's, Yeah, my 21st birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's like on his birthday is the first time she started journaling. And then... Um, and then she has like a, and I hope your does your wife listen to this? Well, I don't think so, but uh, I don't know. Was she mad that I was looking at that? <laughs> no, I mean I'll, I'll let you look at it. Okay, so so blame George Megan if you listen to this, which you should. You should be supporting us. But and, it's crazy because like the very first intro was on my birthday. It was a two whole years before we even met in person. So it was really cool. Yeah, and um, and but before she had like a little prayer of telling the God what praying for her husband and stuff. And it was really cool. Like, I feel like it was so, you know, God send on, on that. And, and then kind of just like, what was it? One, one part you showed me, um, I guess it was like when you guys first started dating and then she's like, uh, someday you'll read this, but if you're not my husband, then you won't. Ha ha. Or something like it that. It was something like, <laughs> it was her entries before, like dear future husband or dear husband. And then one entry she put in, I think after a month we started talking, it was like, Dear George, because I feel like you're going to be my husband. But if you're not the one, then you won't see this, so ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, I just thought it was so interesting because like, you know, I've known George for probably, what, almost two years now? Yeah. But I guess this year probably been get to know each other much better because you were like working with us now instead of in the annex. But um you know, this is the first time we've kind of had, like, I guess a really deep conversation. <laughs> I mean, we've had before short ones, you know, but, um, so it's kind of cool to learn that because that's, like, awesome, like, information. To me, that's, like, the gold in someone's life that you don't really get to see unless you start digging. Look at that, man. <laughs> that was a good analogy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. a, little, a little cheesy. A little cheesy, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But, um, <clears throat> I know we're kind of getting to, uh, a close with this podcast um we're already what 53 minutes our last three podcasts were 37 minutes each yeah so it was the last one kind of stretched on that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were exhausted on that last one but um what 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 do you want to say for like I, the, the whole point of this like kind of already dived into why i wanted to do a podcast like this but uh like we're not professionals at marriage um like we don't claim to be, or unless George is like, speak for yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I, I did want to just kind of, I guess, in a short way, share our I, how we met our wives and and kind of just share a you know a tad bit of information on stuff. But I kind of want to end it, George. Like, I guess stuff that for those who are getting married soon, or you know, are thinking about marriage. I would like to kind of, I guess, I mean, the the least we could do is say, hey, don't do this. Yeah, the, the pit know? holes we fell into. Yeah, like, we may not know where, uh, and I would like to say we do know, but and if you want to do it in metaphor, we may not know where the treasure is at, but we know where the road is to it, and we know where all the potholes are. So we can at least tell you where the holes are at and where the road is at. And this isn't like a cookie cutter, like don't do this, don't do this. I mean, people are different. Yeah. But generally, this is what we, the troubles we had. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll start off first. Um, and uh, let me see. Um, I guess the biggest, I mean, there's a lot of things that I could dive into. Um, and like you just said, it's, it's different, but. 
I, I would like to say this applies to any marriage. Um, the biggest thing I could think of at the top of my head as of right now is, you know, I've been married four years and this is something I'm, I'm still learning how to do, but there's, and I actually talked to Zach about this. He actually said the exact same thing I, I said. Um, but when you get married, or even when you're preparing for marriage, there's going to, and I don't know, if George, if you have felt this way yet, and you, you can kind of jump in and let me know, but there's going to come a time in your marriage where you're going to feel like you don't love your wife, or you're going to have like this empty feeling like, man, I, I feel like I don't love her. And, and to me, I don't know, when I even saying that, that right there is a selfish thought because... I believe in the book I was reading, I think Saving Marriage Before It Started, it does dive into that a little bit. Oh, really? Like, it's normal for couples to feel like, you know, I don't feel like I love her, but I choose to love her. Yes. And that's the biggest thing that I had to learn. Um, I, at one point, and it was probably towards the end of my first year of marriage, I'm going to come, jumping into our second, I had this feeling like I don't love her, and I had to talk with my friend, who's also named George, <laughs> George Williams, and he... Um, he was telling me that was normal because he was already married for, I think, like two or three years. But basically what I'm saying is marriage is like a fire that um, if you don't keep, you know, feeding it wood, it, it will start to die down. And, you know, when it starts to get dim, you, you can't let it go out. You have to continue to fan the flames of the fire, continue to feed into it. And, and that's what happens, like, I've gotten to I've gotten to a place where sometimes I I didn't really love my wife for you know a little bit and and I got scared because I was like this is not normal and then when I figured out okay this is this is normal this is what happens what I had to do is like because when you first get married and you have that honeymoon phase um, it's easy even when you're first especially when you first start dating because you're on the hunt you're like I got to do what you're basically giving her the best version of you. Like, you're not showing her... Which doesn't last forever. <laughs> yeah. You're not showing her the one who's lazy, who wants to sit home and play video games, Jonathan. You're showing her the Jonathan who's like, oh, for Valentine's Day, we're going on a limo ride. Oh, I'm going to bring you presents. I'm going to dress up nice. I'm going to brush my teeth really good before I go on this day. I'm going to get some gum. I'm going to dress so nice. I'm going to save my money for you so we, I can buy you a nice present. Like, you're giving you her best version. And so what happens in marriage is there comes a point where... You don't feel like doing that because all that that time you've been going by your feeling like you love her and you want to impress her and you want to do things. So you're going by this feeling. But eventually when you get married and you have her, you that feeling dies down and you don't want to do that. You don't feel like going to the store to get flowers. You don't, you've won. <laughs> yeah, you've won. You've already had a victory. He's like, I don't need to go back and, and, and fight. I've already won. And, and when that when you feel that way, that's normal. And the biggest thing you have to do is... You have to push yourself. It's like trying to go to the gym and you don't feel like it. You have to really push yourself. And, and and there's many times where I had to say, you know what? I don't feel like going out with my wife right now. Like I had that mindset. I don't I don't feel like going on a date. I don't feel like walking around the park with her. You know, that's not something I like to do. I'd rather just go see a movie. But she loves to do that. So and I'm still and I'm not I'm not perfect at this, but I have to push myself and say, you know what? Love is an action word. It's an action, like Jesus said. Um, uh, I, forgot, I forgot how the scripture goes. <laughs> it basically, um, and I'm going to paraphrase that, I can't remember. But he says, uh, well, I think it's something like, what 
What great okay, what greater love is this than for one who uh, for for one to lay down and die for his friends? And uh, he's basically saying like what greater love is this than to actually show it? Like I'm going to show you like Jesus is not like Oh man, I'm so excited. I just woke up. I just love you guys so much. I can't wait to die on the cross. I didn't have to think twice about it. I'm just going to go up there and die. Like, that was so much suffering and him even praying to God and asking for God to take this cup away because he was about to go through the most stuff, you know, to go such a horrible time. And, um, and so he's saying that love is sacrificing. Man, I feel like I'm really preachy right now. <laughs> but I'm trying my best just to be me. I'm not trying to be someone else. Um, love is basically like doing something for someone, even though if you're not going to gain anything from it, or even though it's, it may not be pleasing to you. And so I've had to force myself at times to, to take my wife out or, and it's, that sounds so selfish, but it is like when it's you normal. Them. Yeah. But I had to push myself, be like, you know what? I'm going to do this for my wife. I'm going to clean the house for her so that when she gets home, she don't have to worry about her. I'm going to cook so when she gets home. And that may sound normal. And for some of you, be like, I don't, I don't have problems with that. Or, you know, you're about to get married and you're thinking, I do that now. But I'm telling you, listen, <laughs> Paul talks about it. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse whatever verse I forgot. Me and George were just reading it. Just read the whole chapter. Read the whole chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. But, um there's going to come a time where you don't want to do that. And so you have to push yourself. But what happens is when you push yourself, just like when, you, when you're feeding into the fire, it starts burning up again and it starts, you know, the, the flames start getting really big. And that's what happens with your marriage when you start um, putting, putting stuff into it and, and, and putting um, your, basically your actions into, into loving your wife. Your, that passion and that desire, and, I've, and I speak for myself, like when, when I was doing those things for my wife, it's like that love for her started to burn inside again. And so it's like, and sometimes it dies down and you got to rekindle it. And so in a long story short, uh, I know I kind of went like crazy for that. <laughs> you have to push yourself to love your wife sometimes because you're going to have that feeling die out. And But once you do that, that love starts burning again. And the reason why I was bringing up um, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is um, for those who are Christians, but even if you're not Christian, this is just like... Um, it can still apply. Yeah, this could definitely still apply. Um, but he, Paul talks about that when... Well, I guess this part is for Christian. But when, uh, uh, when someone is an unmarried man, he all he, has to, all he looks to do is please the Lord. But a married man um, has earthly responsibilities and has to please his wife. And Paul says has to. He doesn't say choose to. So what he's saying is, as a married man, you have a responsibility to please your wife. And he's saying that it's it's great if you get married. But in his personal opinion, because he says, this is not a command from God, this is what I'm saying, that it's much easier to serve God when single, and it's better. But it's still good. He says it's good if you're married, but even much better as a single man. That's what Paul is saying. And so what I'm saying is, when you get married, like... You get more responsibilities and life gets harder, so it's 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 harder to please God. And that's not an excuse to be like, oh, well, see, Paul told me it's going to be difficult. But it's just you have to count the cost and think, okay, it's going to get difficult. And so as a non-Christian, if you don't receive that, that's still a wise thing to say. Here is Paul is basically saying to someone who may not believe in Jesus or whatever or God or atheist, I don't know. Paul is basically saying 
when you get married, life is going to be more difficult and you're going to have more responsibilities. And so it's going to be harder, but you can still do it because you have a responsibility to take care of your wife. Yeah, marriage isn't happily ever after. It gets harder after that. Exactly. There's no pretty bow at the end. And so basically, I'm going to shut up right now and let George talk, but that's my advice and my um, experience that your love will die out and you just got to rekindle the fire. And if you are interested in what the kind of what I just said, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse whatever. Um, so, George, sorry. You go ahead. That was like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, it's basically the same thing. Um, definitely there's a honeymoon phase and that does die off. Um, you know, um, the pastor that I did marriage counseling with, he says uh, marriage isn't 50-50. It's 100-100. So yeah. you give everything and she gives everything. And he told me, like, there are even days where you'll feel like she's doing nothing. You're doing, like, the dishes. You're working overtime. You're doing all this stuff. And she's just not doing anything. And you still have to give that 100% and love her. And, you know, she's obligated to give that 100%. It's, it's what you need to work. Yeah. So, it can be difficult at times because <laughs> you desire things and you can't have it, so. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> Go on. Shoot straight with me, George. Shoot straight with you. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is this... <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why don't you want to say it? I don't want to push you into saying something you don't want to say, but. Come on, man. This is the Who Cares podcast, I mean, man. Who cares? We shoot straight here. <laughs> this is a shoot. Hey, okay, fine. Sorry, okay. Stone Cold Steve Who's Austin. Who's Kayfabe? <laughs> <laughs> Can she help you? <laughs> Inside joke, sorry. But, but yeah, I mean, what I've learned being married, it's, you know, you have these expectations that, you know, you see Disney films and... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Shut up, Jonathan. Go, George. Cinderella, you know, because happily ever after and that's it. When the real work really begins after marriage um, or during marriage. And it's just, it ain't easy. <laughs> That's some wisdom right there. So. <laughs> That's so true, though. Like, I've thought about that before, and it's funny that you've said that, because I've never said it, but I've always thought it. Like, you see the movies, and it in the Cinder, or like Cinderella or whatever. I can't remember. Maybe it's always Cinderella. It's like the end, the last shot of the movie is them, like, riding away in, like, a chariot, sitting in, like, the little wagon, and, like, holding hands, and, like, the end. Because they live happily ever. But really... What ends up happening is after the end, it's the beginning of marriage. And if they don't do things right, they start fighting and maybe they get a divorce and he cheats on her and Cinderella gets depressed, gets hooked on drugs or something. I mean, that's kind of a really bad way to go. That's the uh, straight to DVD sequel. <laughs> yeah. The PG-13 version. But that's true. <laughs> like, it, that's where it begins and it gets difficult. So, <laughs> is that it? Yeah. I, I think that's it. <laughs> oh, man, come on, George, talk more. I, I can't think of it. I feel like I, I just <laughs> took like that 10, 20, what, 20 minutes of that, and then you're like, oh, I'll give you two minutes. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said before, I was previously engaged, and I did learn a lot from that engagement before my wife, and it was definitely a crash course, and when I did get married, I really didn't want to make the same mistakes I made before. And I made you know, terrible mistakes like, you know, premarital sex, uh, living with someone I shouldn't be living with, just fighting terrible fights. And our pastor did say that um, fights do come and fights aren't bad. There's a thing called fighting the good fight. And it's not a fight to tear each other down, but to actually have conflict to resolve issues. Conflicts like 
sometimes I'll do something that I'm not understanding that I'm doing wrong, but my wife will interpret it as something wrong. And so instead of arguing and justifying myself that I am right, I try to see things to her perspective and say, okay, why is she upset? And then I try to understand. I'm not here to win the argument. I am here to understand and compromise. And it's not me being right or her being right. It's us, us trying to come together and resolve issues. So arguing, a lot of people give it a bad rap that arguing is a bad thing. I think arguing is good. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely pulls the rug out and gets the dirt out and cleans the dirt out. So I, I definitely do agree with arguing, just not physical arguing, <laughs> like punching holes through bathroom doors. <laughs> well, but, I mean, arguing, like you said, is it's, um, it's kind of like, I don't know if you kind of just said this, but it's kind of like a, a way of showing you there's a problem and yeah. I don't like it. And so it's like, <clears throat> I guess it's what do you do with that argument? And don't be afraid to confront your spouse. I mean, if they're, if they're doing something that you don't feel comfortable with, I mean, even if it's something just so small, um, my previous marriage counselor, I don't want to give names out, but his wife went up to him one day and was like, hey, this sounds weird. I don't want to offend you, but I just, this has been on my mind. And she asked him, like, are you gay? Really? Yeah, and she's like, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I mean, you just wear a lot oh, of, wow. you wear a lot of pink clothes, you kind of, little preppy the wife said that to the husband yeah she asked him like you know it's like i just i need to know like are you gay or not he's like no honey i'm not gay <laughs> how long were they married did they just get married i think they're married about maybe a year but i mean you just kind of have those insecurities and kind of have those thoughts and instead Dang. of just instead of just you know sweeping under the rug and keep wondering it's, it's good to have those conflicts <laughs> i know it's kind of silly i mean it's i mean it's i'm not i'm not here to embarrass anyone but i mean it's just a good example of like She's, she basically came to me like, I don't want to embarrass you. I, I know. I just need to know. Yeah. And so, like, she's like, I just have just that 5% doubt or that 2% doubt. Or even just that 1% doubt that you could be gay. And she's like, I just need this resolve. Like, I need to know. And he's like, no, I'm not gay. <laughs> so. But, I mean, that's just an example of no matter how silly or, you know, whatever your spouse is doing, you should that that confrontation needs to be there, and I'm I'm not a very confrontational person. I think Jonathan will tell you, <laughs> I, I avoid conflict as much as possible. With me and Megan, whenever there's an issue, you need that conflict to resolve deeper yeah. issues. It's good to have a little conflict now than to have a giant conflict that's more abusive and hurt of more painful later. Yeah, definitely. I, I like um, I could tell you really listened in your premarital counseling because you've brought like so many points that you're past. <laughs> is he your pastor still, or is it? Uh, he's he's the in, my in laws pastor. Okay. We went there for premier because he knows Megan very well. Okay, well, I mean, he said, I mean, from what you're saying, he said a lot of good truths, and I've heard that and read that in books. And my pastor has even told me that now. But I did like when you said that um, it's just it's not a fifty fifty; it's a hundred a hundred. And and like you said, there's going to be times where you're the only one who's giving something, and and that's something too. Um, I I talked to a friend um, who's getting married soon. And I told him, and this is something I had to learn too, and I don't know if you, maybe this is what you're kind of saying, but there's many times where I, I, I had to set in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything to please my wife. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to make sure I don't do this, don't do that. I'm going to make sure I do this and that. And even when you give it all you got and you try your best, like 100% to like please your wife, you're still going to fail. Yeah. There's going to be something that you did wrong or you didn't think right or it's just, it's her. She's upset about something. So you're going to, you're still going to fail and you're still going to, I guess, um, just mess up 
even when you give it all you got and that's something that you because there's times where I had it in my mind I'm like I'm gonna do my best and I still felt I'm like what that I it's like I gave everything I got at that day how and nothing still went right and it's I mean that's just gonna happen so you're going to fail but like when you said um um 100 um each uh it made me think of this uh the rapper is named Show Baraka um <laughs> he was on Lecrae's record label not anymore but he has a, a um I can't remember what song he says this song. Okay, yeah, I remember. But he says this line. He says, um, basically, uh, we can model a great hero, um, always give 100% and expect zero. And that's, like, so true. Like, just still giving it your all and expecting nothing. And that's basically what Jesus did. And so I think with marriage, like, that's something we got to do is give it our all. And, and like you said, like, conflict is good argument is good if you get it resolved yeah and i'm the kind of person like i don't like conflict at all but with me and my wife i definitely i definitely do learn from conflicts and like conflicts do need to happen um i was talking to a a friend of ours and he said his parents uh, were married about 10 years and they got divorced and um it was because they were just very very docile never had any conflicts at all they never argued and I think that's what killed their marriage. It was because they just they had all these conflicts and these insecurities, and they just never talked about it. It was never brought up. So I think it kind of ate them alive eventually and ended their marriage. Yeah, that sucks. So, so fighting gets a bad rep, but in the right context, fighting is actually healthy and good. Yeah, it is. It's it's uh, it's building. It's kind of it's like you're cutting each other, but you're healing each other because you're you're putting everything out in the open. And it's. I think when you're fighting, pride needs to be set aside. So, you know, when I'm arguing with my wife, um, I definitely try to admit if I did something wrong that I am wrong. You know, I, I try not to justify like, well, you know, this, I don't try to make excuses. Like if she's calling me out on something, I definitely try to swallow my pride. Okay, you are right. I am wrong about this. Mm-hmm. So, which is hard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, man, we have what, an hour and 13 minutes so far. Yeah. Well, this is definitely like our longest podcast. Yeah, double. Um, I think me and George might do a part two, um, our next episode. I guess, I don't know, maybe. And we might maybe just, I guess, kind of dive deeper into um, of our lives in marriage, of maybe certain mistakes or certain things we kind of, kind of uh, slipped up on. But, um, yeah, so I, I pray that this could have helped someone or um, gave anyone it, you know, something they could really hold on to. Here's oh. the uh, two books me and Megan read. Um, this book we read the most, it was Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts by Dr. Ellison Lee's Wright. Parrot. And then this other one uh, is 12 Questions to Ask Before You Marry by uh, Clayton King. Ironically. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the guy who came and spoke, right? Yeah. So, Clayton King is a very big name around Lynchburg. Maybe I should... I was going to say 12 questions. I'm already married. I may, I could read the... Uh, if you would let me borrow it, the... What was it? Saving Your Marriage? Before It Starts. Yeah. I would, I'd love to... Um, it's a really good book. Read that with my wife, Josh McDowell. That's the guy who came and spoke at Liberty, too. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I hope this uh, this podcast helped. Once again, if you um, 
I don't know which platform you're listening to this on, but um, you can catch our previous episodes. Uh, we have three episodes so far besides this one, and they're both on Star Wars, so they're very fun, lighthearted, and we kind of just review the Star Wars movies and just, just laugh at them. And I mean, not completely laugh at them, but say some good things about them. But you can uh, find those on SoundCloud.com slash The Who Cares Podcast and also on iTunes at The Who Cares Podcast. And if you really like our um, our uh, podcast, please share, leave us reviews on iTunes so we can uh, see them and, and see if any, you know, anyone's listening, which we know everyone's listening because we have millions of fans. And please subscribe. But um, we're releasing uh, episodes once a week. Um, we have not been releasing them on a certain day. So I would like to, I, I'm trying my best to either release them on Fridays or Mondays. We still haven't got that. Um, well, this one you'll be listening to on Friday. So, yeah. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys later. And remember, it's the Who Cares podcast, where we talk about stuff no one cares about. We know you do. Have a lovely day.